You've heard the scripture this evening from our young adults telling you the story. The Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Luke. You've even heard the prophecy from Isaiah. And in Luke, in the second chapter, in the seventh verse, there's something that I want to point out to you, something that you've heard many times before, but there's a phrase in there that says, no room for them in the inn. And those words have touched our hearts for over 2,000 years. No room. And perhaps it even prompts the question this evening, is there room for this Christ child, this baby, in this place tonight? in this church, or in our community, or in our country, or in our world, is there room? And I guess if we were honest with ourselves, we would even ask pointedly, is there enough room for him in our lives, or in our hearts? So many things seem to crowd him out. There are other priorities that we have and other passions that we want to fulfill, And Christ falls way down the line. Sometimes it's our own selfishness or self-centeredness that push him to the side. And maybe we're just as guilty as they were 2,000 years ago because there's no room in our own lives or in our own hearts for the baby. Have we found him? Can we make room Can we embrace this child for more than just a Christmas season or a Christmas Eve? I would like to share a story with you this evening. It is not my story. It was written by one Harriet Rich, Richie, i.e. It's about an experience that she and her family had on a night very much like this, a Christmas Eve. And it was this story and this experience that drew her closer to what the true nature of Christmas is all about and what it truly means to embrace the child. They had been to a beautiful Christmas Eve service, probably in a sanctuary very much like this. There were candles and there were poinsettias and there was a Christmas tree and there was an Advent wreath. And they sang songs just like you did. Oh, go tell it on the mountain and away in a manger and little town of Bethlehem and certainly Silent Night and Holy Night. And they'd even heard some pieces from Handel's Messiah, music that really swells inside of your hearts that Handel was able to write. And after the Christmas Eve service on their way home, which was much later than the one that we're experiencing right now, they decided they would grab an early morning breakfast But as you well know, on Christmas Eve, there aren't many places you can go to have breakfast. I'm not counting Speedway in there. And so they looked and looked and looked, and finally the only place that they could find was a truck stop near the interstate junction. And so they pulled the car into that truck stop, some big diesel rigs on either side, a few truckers at the counter, a jukebox playing some country song. Something that went like this, when you leave, walk out backwards, so I think you're coming in. And a front window loaded with a bunch of lights and neon sign that said, open. And the place smelled like bacon grease and stale cigarette smoke. And there was a one-armed man behind the counter serving coffee. 
The family squeezed into a booth, and the waitress came over there and offered them a couple of dog-eared, dirty menus from which to order. Harriet looked around this truck stop, and she immediately felt sorry for everybody there. She was really kind of being snobbish because she felt out of place. Her family had just come from a beautiful Christmas Eve service in a beautiful, beautiful church, and soon they would be headed home to their beautiful, beautiful house decorated with candles in the windows and a wreath on the door and a Christmas tree just loaded with Christmas presents underneath. She looked around and even laughed to herself and says, you know, maybe one of these days we'll remember the night, that Christmas Eve, that we ate breakfast at that truck stop. She was staring out the window when an old VW bus came driving into the parking lot. And out of the driver's side stepped a young man Shaggy hair, beard, torn T-shirt, torn jeans. He ran around the back and opened up the door, and out the passenger side came a young girl holding a baby. And they scurried inside to the truck stop and found a booth. And Rita, the waitress, the one that had waited on Harriet and her husband, went over there and gave them some dog-eared menus and had them order. And no sooner had she turned to go back to the counter to put their order in, and that baby just started crying. Just crying, crying. And Rita felt sorry for him, says, now listen, I'll tell you what, honey. You go ahead, you all drink your coffee. Let me take that child. And sure enough, she picked that child up and cradled that child. It was obvious that Rita had a lot of experience because she started walking all around the diner. She even stopped by some of the truckers, these big guys sitting there at the counter who looked down at that little baby and made a big funny little noise in that really cute, cute. You know what that's like. Showed the baby all the lights, and then suddenly the baby got really quiet, started to see the lights in the window. She took her over to the the jukebox where the music was playing, and the baby was just absolutely fascinated by everything that was going on. And finally, Rita, the waitress, brought the baby over to Harriet and her husband. And she said, just look at this cute little darling. Mine are old big. They've been taken away. But this one's so cute. And the one-armed guy from behind the counter came out and made a little fudgy face then to get the little baby. Oh, cute little thing. Poured some coffee. He refilled the mugs. And about the time he stepped away, Harriet started crying. And husband said, what's wrong? What's wrong? And she said, nothing, just Christmas. And she took a couple quarters out of her purse and gave them to the children and said, why don't you go over to that jute box and see whether you can find some Christmas music to play? And the kids did it. And her husband asked again, what's wrong, sweetheart? Harriet paused a moment and she said, He'd come here, wouldn't he? And her husband asked, who would come here? And Harriet answered, Jesus. If Jesus was born in our town tonight, he'd come here, wouldn't he? He wouldn't be born in our nice home. He wouldn't be born in our beautiful church. He'd be born here in this truck stop, wouldn't he? Her husband didn't answer immediately. He just looked around at all the people and finally said to her with a little smirk on his face, yeah, probably. And Harriet said, and that's exactly what bothers me. You know, when we first got here, I felt sorry for all these people. 
They probably aren't going to go home to nice neighborhoods that have candles in the windows and wreaths on the doors and a Christmas tree in the living room just loaded with Christmas presents and listening to that gosh-awful music. I thought there's nobody in here that even knows what Handel's Messiah sounds like. But you know what? I think this place more than any place, this, this truck stop, is where Christmas really is. And somehow I don't belong, said Herod, because I haven't made room in my heart for that little baby. They finished their dinner, and before they left, they looked around the diner once again. It still smelled like bacon grease. It still smelled like stale cigarette smoke. And Rita was still handing out those dog-eared, dirty menus. But there was something different because that baby had come in the midst of all of them. There was something different about that place and about those people. And on the way out to the car, her husband put his arm around his wife and said, just remember, sweetheart, the angel said, I bring good news of great joy to all people, to all. People. You know, I think it's hard for us to visualize God in our everyday spots, in our everyday places. What does God care about the dirty dishes you've got stacked up in your sinks right now? What does God care about how many times you've got to drive your children back and forth to the next event at school? What does God care about the commute that you have to make every morning and the traffic that you have to deal with? What does God care about the homework that all those terrible teachers at school give you? And what does God care about the dust and the disarray at your homes tonight unless they're all straightened and picked up? You think God cares? You know, God's at the kitchen sink right next to those dirty dishes. And God rode with you in the car tonight to this church. God is already down at Ephraim McDowell walking the hallways. God is at the Waffle House tonight sitting amongst those people who are not going to eat turkey or country ham tomorrow morning. God is there. God's even in your home tonight. No matter how messy or dirty it may be, God is still there. You know, Christmas, the true essence of Christmas can only be seen with eyes of faith. There's nothing that I can prove to you. No vision, no theorem, no group of statistics that I can give to you that prove it. It can only see, be seen through eyes of faith. And I don't know where tonight finds you on your individual spiritual journeys, some of you may want to be here. Some of you may have been dragged here. Some of you may just have been attracted by the lights like moths and decided to come in. I don't know. But I just want to share just a couple of things with you very quickly because I want you to know where I stand. First of all, I believe there were shepherds in those fields outside of Bethlehem guarding their flocks by night, and I don't need a Facebook photo to prove it. I believe that there were angels and they sang the, very, sang the very first Christmas carol to all of those shepherds in the field telling the shepherds of the Savior's birth 
And I don't have to download that song from Apple Music. I believe the shepherds got up and went to Bethlehem to see what the angels had told them, and they found this baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. And I don't need Google Maps to tell me how far it was between the shepherds' fields and Bethlehem. I believe that Mary gave birth to God's very own son. And even though she was a virgin, there is no way in the world that I can explain to you medically or scientifically how that happened, but I believe it did. And I believe that God fulfilled His promise some 2,000 years ago when He came to earth in the form of a little baby to change not only the world, but to change our lives if we will but let Him. We may question His existence. We may question His control. But I believe He fulfilled that promise in a little baby boy. baby. We celebrate this evening. We celebrate the arrival of Jesus Christ. He came into the world. It didn't happen because of us. It happened for us. And we can choose to ignore it. We can cast it aside. We can just pretend it's some type of fantasy myth that a bunch of guys made up. Or we can embrace it. We can hold on to it just like we hold on to every other little baby. Protecting and learning and loving. We can make room in our hearts for this little baby. Because heaven knows we need to make room for him. We need his love and his hope and his mercy and his forgiveness in each and every one of our lives. Every last one of us. We need the peace that only he can provide. (laughs) We can make room in our hearts because Christ is here. Christ is most certainly here. And the only question that any of you have to answer tonight, the only question is, are you going to make room for the Christ child in your hearts this night? Are you going to make room for him? Or are you just going to let him go? Your choice. But he's here, folks. He most certainly is here. And that makes all the difference in the world. Would you bow your heads with me, please?